This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. listening to MPB Season Pass. I'm Liz Gill here with Jay White. On today's show, we've got some interviews with Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame members, Florence native Bob Braddy from Jackson State and Laurel native and Olympian Ralph Boston. But first, let's hear a portion of an interview Jay did with Old Miss alum Jake Gibbs on what he did with his life after playing for the Yankees and coaching at the University of Mississippi. So uh, since since you left the game, what have you been doing to stay busy? And these days, what are you doing? Well, uh, for uh, after I retired from Ole Miss in '92, I went back with the Yankees for three years. I went back. Uh, George, Mr. Steinbrenner brought me back in '93 as a catching coach. I worked with Matt Noakes and Mike Stanley and Jim Larrick for yeah. one year in '93. Then after '93, I became the manager. Uh, of the Tampa Yankees for two years in 94-95. And after 95, I got out of baseball. I came home, and I worked for a guy that, uh, you know, we did Mickey Mantle uh, fantasy camps for many years, starting back in 1985. And this guy, Dale Wittenberger from uh, Tyndale, he lives at Bucks County in Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia. And I went to work with him. We called on electric utilities, and uh, I've been with him 21 years. Oh, I think, yeah. to work with, and Dale was a great baseball fan. He loved the Yankees, loved the Phillies. Uh, been a wonderful guy to work for. So that's 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 who I've, I've been doing since '95. Wow, that's uh, that that's pretty interesting. So, um, what working for George Steinbrenner? Got to ask you about that before we let you go. Working for the the quote unquote boss. How was that? Uh, you know, uh, Mr. everybody called him Mr. Steinbrenner, and, and after I started working for him, I called him boss. <laughs> and uh, he's the one that got me back up there. I did not know George, had never shook his hand, but George uh, is uh, quite a football fan. You know, he coached for college football for a couple of years. Uh, I think one year with uh, Northwestern, maybe one year at Purdue or somewhere like that. But he loved football, and uh, and like I say, uh, he was the guy that brought me back. Buck Showalter was the manager, and I worked up there with the catchers for one year. And then uh, he was George is a uh, I like George when I, I managed for him two years in Tampa, and he never. You know, he was he came to our ball games and and because uh, everybody around kind of kept a, kept a watch out for him. Uh, he was a tough guy to play for, but you know he likes for you to do your job, and if you did your job, he was good. Yeah. That's pretty incredible to think that uh, I know Tampa was Tampa was like his base. That was his home, and uh, managing the the Yankees affiliate in Tampa, where he is all the time, or most of the time, anyway, or or some of the time, uh, had to be pretty pretty interesting. It was. I mean, George made a lot of our games, and uh, uh, of course, I, I, I would say this: he I, the two years I managed there in '94. The ball club had been in, in the Carolina League, and they just come back to Tampa for the first year, and I was a manager the first year. 
And I was, I was, I felt, I felt, I didn't feel the pray, but I knew they wanted to win a championship. And so in 94, guess who I had was my shortstop for three months. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. Yeah. I had Jeter for three months. I had Mario Rivera for about two and a half months. <laughs> Uh, he left me. A, I had some good players on that A-ball club. It was high A-ball. Yeah. I had a good ball club, and we won the Florida State year. We won the Florida State champs that year. Then the second year, we won the first half and got beat out in the playoffs. But anyway, I had two good years managing. And George, was he, was, he called me up. And he said, you did a great job. Matter of fact, after the 94 season, he said, if you want to go to double-A, it's your choice. You can go to double-A. Or you can stay in Tampa. And I said, boss, I'm going to stay in Tampa with you. You go up to that double A, you got, you got that bus league again. Yeah. Yeah. So I know. Anyway. You know what? That's, that's, that's great perspective. I never thought about the advantage of being in the Florida State League is all the teams are so close together as opposed to double A where you start to get into some pretty spread out regional leagues. Yeah, oh, it's fine. That uh, Florida State League is perfect. Yeah. We had Tampa, Lakeland, Dunedin, Clearwater, St. Pete, you know, all those, Sarasota, they were all right there. I mean, as far as managing, it's perfect. Right. Absolutely. Wow. I never I never had thought about that. So now that you've mentioned Jeter and Mariano Rivera, that big four that everybody quotes, you know, the, that, that the Yankees to all those championships, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, I mean, Jeter, he's the captain, right? And they talk about him having intangibles, uh, him being an MVP caliber type of player every year, though he doesn't dominate any one statistical category like you expect a guy, an MVP type guy to do. What was it about him that made him different from, from the other guys? Well, I hated him, I think, when he was 19. And I knew right off that uh, this guy's he's sharp, he's intelligent, uh, he can play, he's got ability, uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, you, you knew, I just knew real, and it's spring training, I watched him spring training, I said, this guy is, is going to go places. And uh, he did, he, he was a delight to work with, it was no, no controversy, he just showed up and he played every day. They were a little worried about his uh, feeling because he had played the year before up in the Carolina leagues, and and he was they looked I think looked concerned about his errors, but but, but when he came to me in '94, I knew why because he had so much range yeah. that he could get the balls that a lot of people couldn't get to. And then of course when you have a lot of range, you got to catch that ball and turn and throw. And some most of his errors were post by throwing errors early. But uh, oh, I knew he had the range to be a shortstop. But, but he had—he just had the attitude about it. He, he just played the game, and and uh, he wasn't very demanding. He just showed up and he played. And I knew that. I said, "This guy's going. This guy's going to big league quick." But anyway, when we got through with the '94 season, which we wanted, we had to fill out as a manager. I had to fill out a, a scouting report, a questionnaire on each guy I had. And they wanted to know, it started, if you, is he going to be a triple-A prospect? Is he going just going to go to the big club and sit there and play a little bit? Or is he going to take the next step? Or is he going to be an impact player? Or is he going to be a franchise player? And I put down on that scouting report, I said, Derek Jeter can play for you next year 
and play well. Wow. I, what I told And uh, I could. He could have played. He could, he could have gone up 95. But the Yankees sent him down to AAA for a whole year in 95. And then, of course, as a rookie year was 96. And you see what he done. He stayed 20 years. Wow. So, what I mean, I said about him in my scout report in 94, I said, he can play for you next year. And what happened was, I left, I, he made our all star team. We coached, we won the first half. But he didn't play in the all star game. They called him up to double A. He stayed there for about a month, maybe. A little over a month, hit over 300 there, moved up to AAA the same year. He went started with me in A ball and finished up in AAA that year and played everywhere he went, he had over 300. Now that's quite a feat. And, yeah. and that's when I've said he can go next. He could have played shortstop in 95, but they sent him down to Columbus for a whole year and then he came up as a rookie in 96. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. He had all the intangibles. He had all the intangibles. He wouldn't, you know. Here I am. I'm, he was no prima donna. He was a good kid with a good head on his shoulders, and he came out and he played baseball and he enjoyed it. And uh, oh, I see him every time we see one another. We we hug up and talk about old days. We do. How about that? Well, Coach, that's that's pretty incredible, man. You've lived about five lifetimes in the time you've been on this earth. That's pretty incredible to hear your story. <laughs> well, I'm soon going to be eighty, so I've had, I've been around a few years. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Coach, for your time and and talking to us about uh, all the different things that you know, you've been able to accomplish and and and, and be around and be a part of. Uh, and uh, congratulations on your uh, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame membership and and all the best to you. I appreciate it very much. Enjoy talking to you this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Bye. When we come back from the break, we'll hear a great Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame interview that we did with Bob Braddy. Then we'll hear a great Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame interview that we did with track star Ralph Boston. This is MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. this interview, we invite you to go to our website, mpbonline.org slash season pass to hear more interviews with Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame members. 